heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. It is an Eve, Robbie. Did you realize it's an Eve? Is it President's Day Eve? No, it's Super Bowl Eve. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go Broncos. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh man, that was pitiful, Robbie. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, yeah. We've been having quite the conversation, and we really haven't talked much football, which is surprising because we all know that the Broncos are probably going to win. Uh, no, no, it's a split decision here in the room. So, anyway, there's some Panther fans, which there should split. be split. I think there's one rooting for Denver and three for the Panthers. I'm rooting for the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Vinny that they're not in it this year. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, we're going to be talking about a topic that you know can be kind of confusing. Honestly, we've been kind of all around this topic, and it's interesting where God kind of takes us. So we're uh, on an adventure today to see where God takes us on this topic because. We have talked about almost every side of it, I think. But we're going to be talking about the topic of oppression. And so, Vinny, one of the things I want to ask you was, you, you're the big news guy here. You hear the news. I don't, I don't watch the news at all. I just don't like to. But there's a lot of things going on in the world with this topic of oppression, isn't there? Oh, most definitely so. I mean, all you got to do is listen to the TV or buy a newspaper and see what's going on in the Middle East where, uh, for me, you know, I look at it, that's where oppression started 2,000 years ago. And it seems like we're just going back. We haven't learned a thing. Killing people, beheading people, children, babies, Jews, Christians. For what reason? You know, and it makes me think, have we learned anything? Mm-hmm. Have we really learned anything? You know, we may be able to talk about, you know, Bible studies, Bible and all that, but have we really learned anything? I I think that most people are oppressed in their family life, maybe with their own siblings, their mother and father. And I, for one, you know, maybe it's because of my age, I... uh, I don't understand it anymore. I have, you know, we talk about, I'm talking about family. I have a sister-in-law that drives me absolutely nuts. And I really want to smack her into next week. <laughs> I guess that's... <laughs> but because of what I have learned through Jesus... I know that's not the right thing to do because I'm married to a sister and all my love and devotion goes to her sister, mm-hmm. uh, who's my wife. I mean, my wife, not to her sister. She's Satan. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Which she wouldn't be listening to the show, so we're good. That's no right. oppression involved. You want to talk about oppression? Oh, my <laughs> God. I guarantee you'd all line up if you just heard her talk. <laughs> Well, there is oppression that's going on in the world, and it, it's it's gone on in every generation. You know, as we look back, and and Robbie, that there's different types of oppression. Though there's the stuff that we see, 
out there, but the Bible talks about a different type of oppression, right? Right. When I face my moderate to severe oppression, <laughs> did you get a kick out all those commercials? Yeah. <laughs> moderate, moderate to severe, you know, as if they weren't scripted. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that one of my prescriptions is laughter. It, 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 it clearly is that um, sometimes if I can get my mind off of whatever it is that's got me oppressed, you know, through laughter or whatever. But it, and so this clip that's coming up, there's a little bit of that because I, I actually took some of what Charles Dickens wrote and rewrote into a Christian Car Guy Theater episode called A Christmas Corolla. Mm-hmm. But in this, um, there's a scene where, you know, the Jacob Marley character from those of us who are used to the Scrooge, but in this case it was uh, Festus, that, that you'll hear his voice, comes in and he's in chains. And the Bible speaks of these chains, that, that they were forged that, that of chains of darkness. And, you know, Jacob, the Jacob Marley character, had not made a lot of good choices in life. And so now he is essentially walking around in the dark in these chains but still he has some advice and he wants to help his brother or in the case of you know scrooge's friend if you're talking about jacob marley he's got some some wisdom for him and i think we can hear that and a little laughter to go with it this is festus marley that's it okay sneaky's brother oh, oh. why are you chained brother i wear the chain i forged in life i made it link by link and yard by yard. Is the pattern of it strange to you, brother? Or would you know the length of the chain you bear yourself? Eustace, it was as long and as heavy as this seven Christmas Eves ago, and you have labored on it since. It's a killer chain! <laughs> yeah, well, so I suppose you're expecting a chain reaction. <laughs> look, look, but... But, but Festus, dear brother Festus, tell me, tell me more. Share some comfort with me. I have no comfort to give you, Eustace. It comes from different regions and from different ministers to other kinds of men, brother. Nor can I tell you what I would. I have but little time left. Sounds yeah, like yeah. C-3PO. Yeah. He did. ran out of time, didn't he? <laughs> but... Uh, those particular lines are right straight out of Charles right. Dickens. And when, and that was what Jacob Marley actually said to Scrooge, which was, I have no comfort for you. Mm-hmm. It comes from different men and different ministers that clearly this character ha- did not have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and clearly this character had no answers, but he was aware that there were answers. And that, you know, in this case, <laughs> Scrooge had been looking for love in all the wrong places. In other mm-hmm. words, we should realize when we're tied up in these chains that it's a call, God's calling us to intimacy to understand how do we get out from under that. He wants us to have freedom, but you've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to be um, alive in Christ before you can even begin the process. So if we're talking about an internal oppression right, versus something put on me, um, what's that really look like for the listener? How do they get there with those chains? I mean, how do I get there with those chains or, or how do you, so that the, you can kind of understand, you know, what am I really talking about here? How am I going to fight this asking God into what? I don't even know what it is. Well, actually, you could take an internal struggle that becomes an out- external struggle quite easily. And I think a lot of us could relate to this, especially this time of year. 
we're a month out of you know New Year's resolutions, and we struggle with that next donut. Okay, now there's a certain amount of oppression that <laughs> all the heads are shaking there in this room. <laughs> we don't have that struggle that a donut brings with it, and. You know, when you eat that donut, it, it comes with a chain. Now, you made a choice to eat that donut. Um, and depending on your, your, your health situation, that donut may not make. But for some of us, it's clearly, you know, something that leads to gluttony. And, and we begin to forge that chain more and more. And then the next thing you know, Satan grabs hold of that. And I love this picture that Satan has this, like, rake. And he rakes stuff up that he knows has troubled you in the past said you ate one donut go ahead and eat another one you you know you're a glutton and so next thing you know you've eaten six donuts so every time you say the word glutton you turn and look at me (laughs) twice you said it twice you looked at me you know i I struggle with the same struggle but once satan has got that you know then he he pulls that rake and he gets you thinking and next thing you know you're six donuts letter and you've and you've now forged this much more chain so i'm gonna dig a little deeper on this so this is something that potentially you've brought on yourself or it's something that Satan has kind of thrown at you and you've believed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or both. Yeah, but they can't hear you shake your head. <laughs> yes, I've bought the entire donut argument. <laughs> so if I'm out there and I'm feeling this heaviness internally, Right, just this, and this, in this case, externally. And externally, you know, yeah, from the donut. But if I'm feeling that heaviness, then so part of that prayer is, God, where's this heaviness coming from? You know, can the Holy Spirit come in and help break that or help me put light on it? Because the Bible does talk about getting light on those things, doesn't it, Robbie? Exactly. And, I mean, that's the, that's the beautiful part about Jesus. He's the light of the world. And, and there's some really illuminating passages like Isaiah 12 where it talks about what those lights are and their wisdom and counsel and might and power and those things. And so as we bring these things to Jesus and say, I'm really struggling here. And at what point can you, you know, you and I really reason here and, and sit down and give me some, you know, practical things that I'm struggling. Why is it I keep coming here? And how many more times have I got to have this conversation to overcome this particular barrier of whatever sin that it keeps recurring. Right. And, and, and those chains have, you know, and I'm just using that one because a lot of us can relate. They have a root. <laughs> that was unkind. But they have, there's a root cause. And, and I really feel like Christ wants to get into our hearts. Mm-hmm. And part of that sanctification process for all of us is, and even from what I understand, Spurgeon suffered a little bit with the same exact one I'm talking about here. That at some point, you know, he wants you to be free of those things that are oppressing you and keeping you from being all you can be. So from an application standpoint, and we did did talk about, you know, gluttony and and struggling with that. What's some other things that so people can put kind of a feel around it that could be some of those chains for them? You know, lust could be a chain, right, that really the, the enemy pulls on. What's some other things that people have struggled with or that could be causing some of those that heaviness. Well, the good news is I've, I've found it, you know, that I can sin in so many different ways. Yeah. I can turn almost anything into a sin. And, and the interesting thing is, is that, <laughs> you know, you can take you know, the desire for a new car and you can make that into, you know, greed and you can, you can 
take your desire to be on the radio and next thing you know you're filled up with pride yeah. and so you know and one leads to the other and then you, you once you satan has you all raked up you know he's got this that and now i've got to comfort myself so i'm back eating donuts <laughs> yeah. and, and and at that point you know hopefully i have the relationship to where i can sit down and begin to unwind some of that stuff and and begin to take it in front of the lord and, and get some help and, and that's the reason I've been asking and, and kind of digging. We're going to touch on that when we come back. But how do you practically deal with that? How do you make that kind of get out of your heart? And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the oppression that Vinny was talking about. What do you do when that's coming externally? How do you handle that? And how do you deal with it in life? Because it's going to come at you. Come back on the other side of the break and listen. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Sam Main here for Mask and Journey Radio Show. Our show often focuses on healing and freedom that's found through walking more intimately with the Father. And I know no one wants to see a counselor, but often there are times I find myself stuck and needing a little bit more help. And that's why I turn to my friends at Seasons of the Heart. Kim and Catherine are experienced counselors that help you find healing through the Father. For more information on Seasons of the Heart, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. We That's right. We're talking about overcoming things in our life. And some of what we're talking about today is really this topic of oppression, not depression. You know, Al, you said something earlier that, go ahead and share what you said earlier about oppression and depression. Well, let me see if I got this straight, Sam. <laughs> Gluttony is bad. <laughs> Donuts are worse. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering if oppression isn't the first step to depression in many cases. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of like Eeyore, and I think he's the depressed character in the Winnie the Pooh series. You know, he just can't get out of the funk. He's just in a funk. And I've been there. You know, there's just this something about you. It robs you of your joy. But sometimes we, at least for me, and I used to be for a long time after my divorce, I was very depressed. I was very oppressed. I have found joy in nothing. It was just um, an empty time. But I had some people around me that were very positive. And they're like, no, man, you just got to let that go. You just got to be positive. You got to start looking for the good stuff. It was a long journey for me to find that joy. I mean, it was probably 10 years of keeping that in my mind and and looking looking for the good stuff. Yeah. Like donuts (laughs) and gluttony. As we left, we're talking about that internal oppression. You know, and some of those things I think that we see it scripturally, but we also see it in our society as people struggle with anger. They struggle with lust. They struggle with all these different things 
it really kind of comes down to that attack on their heart that they're taking part in almost. I mean, they're inviting it in because they're not defending it well. But is that... Well, Sam, before we go there, actually, I, you know, because I've, I'm kind of depressed by all the, you know, that we're looking for ways it? out. Yeah. And before we get to the external oppression that you're talking about, I would like to say something that, that really comes out at me. It's in Second Corinthians chapter, I mean, excuse me, it's in Galatians 2, 15. It says, we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> we, or I, you know, my own situation is I get caught up, oh, I did that wrong, I did this wrong, I did, the, and, and I, and I all, somehow or another think because I'm a Christian that somehow I'm going to be justified by my works. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that isn't what happens. Because what, where my righteousness comes from is from Christ. And getting inside that identity in spite of all these failures, and just humbly saying, God, I blew it there, I blew it here, I blew it here. But wait a minute. I'm not justified by my works. I'm justified by what your son did and come in here and help me with that. And through that light that comes with essentially to just the faith that Jesus has got this comes, you know, resisting the devil, which is going to make him flee. Mm-hmm. If I start to bring Jesus into the situation and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm justified by faith in Christ, not necessarily whether or not I ate the donut. So wait a minute, you got nothing on me. And begin to live in that identity again, then I can get rid of some of that oppression. And, and of course, there's things that you have to work on individually as far as sin and hopefully to get those chains off. But the big chain breaker is Jesus. And I just wanted to make sure that no, I didn't leave everybody. Well, you know, I, I, I was going to go back to. I was going to go back to Jesus at some point, Robbie. Okay. I think that's a good point, but I think that when we talk about, we don't say, oh, "I don't feel good." It must be Satan. It's always so subtle. It always just creeps in so slowly, and then when that it happens before you know it, and so when I think of that, how often have you been in that position where it starts small? You expect you want people to think highly of you, and so you try to put on an air, you go into the pose, and then one little thing sets you down because you thought, Oh man, I was looking so good. And and it's because you're like you said, Robbie, our identity becomes in other people and what they think of us. Mm-hmm. And when we let that go and we just recognize, wait a minute, I'm trying too hard to impress everybody else, and I'm not trying hard enough to impress my father. Well, you know, Al, the uh, the giant tree comes from a small seed. You know, it has to start somewhere. And so, you know, Robbie, as you were talking, that's really where I was hoping we would go was to talk about how do you ultimately defend that, that chains? How do I ultimately defend against anger? How do I ultimately defend against it is not listen to the lies of the enemy internally, but to take what Jesus said and know what the Bible says about who I am in him and let that be the truth and push that oppression out. And so the big part of that is inviting Jesus into that, but also to invite him in to expose some things we not, may not be aware of, right? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's that internal thing. So what happens if it comes externally? I want to go ahead and go to a clip, and this is from the movie Gandhi. And I want you to just listen. And what's happening here in history, if you're not a big history buff, the, the British are really oppressing the Indian people from India. And so this is what, as they're talking about what they're going to do about these 
these people from Britain coming into their country, they're having kind of this big meeting. And listen to how Gandhi handles the crowd. And we're going to talk about that oppression that's outside of us and how do we deal with it. And a policeman passing an Indian dwelling. I will not call them homes. May enter and demand the card of any Indian woman whose dwelling it is. Understand. He does not have to stand at the door. He may enter. I will not allow it. I swear to Allah. I'll kill the man who offers that insult to my home and my wife. And let them hang me. officials before they disgrace one Indian woman, then they might think twice about such laws. In that cause, I would be willing to die. I praise such courage. I need such courage because in this cause, I too am prepared to die. But, my friend, there is no cause for which I am prepared to kill. Whatever they do to us, we will attack no one, kill no one. But we will not give our fingerprints, not one of us. They will imprison us, and they will fine us, they will seize our possessions, but they cannot take away our self-respect if we do not give it to them. Have you been to prison? They beat us and torture us. I say that we I am asking you to fight. To fight against their anger, not to provoke it. We will not strike a blow, but we will receive them. And through our pain, we will make them see their injustice, and it will hurt, as all fighting hurts. But we cannot lose. We cannot. They may torture my body, break my bones, even kill me. Then they will have my dead body, not my obedience. Wow, that's a, that's a pretty powerful clip. You know, you, earlier, I'm going to come back to a point about that clip here in a second, and I want you to make a point on this, Robbie, but we were talking off air about some of the people that stood up against oppression. And so, Vinny, you're talking about some people that really came to mind for you that stood up against oppression. And so if I ask you to name three, three people that really fought against oppression in one way or another, who would they be? Churchill would be one of them for sure. Uh, Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and probably, uh, I don't know, I've got to think on that one. Okay. But maybe, maybe, how about me? Okay. How about me myself? I stood up against oppression most of my life. And somehow I made it to this part of my life. So uh, I'm not comparing myself to Churchill or Jackie Robinson, but 
I think everybody here, Robbie, you, Sam, Big A, uh, we've all been in that position, mm-hmm. as Gandhi was, right. you know. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough deal. But offhand, it would be Churchill and Jackie Robinson. Okay, thank you. Al, who would you throw out a name or two of somebody that fought oppression that comes to mind? You know, I thought of Billy Graham the first time because, I mean, he spent a lot of time away from a wife he absolutely adored in his family to to spread the gospel. I mean, to get the gospel to Russia and all these places that never would have heard the gospel had he not made that effort and fought those battles to get in those countries. Okay, Robbie, what's what's the name of somebody? Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Patrick Henry. All those people were strong personalities. And, and the point that I wanted to go with that is, you got, you know, of course, Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. You've got all these people that fought, and they fought in two different dynamics. There was an aggressive way of fighting, and there was a passive way of fighting. So as Christians, what do we know what to do? How do we know how to attack that? At least for me, I look at that internal struggle, is that's the aggressive side. Right, I have to defend against that. I have to make sure that doesn't come in. I got to use Jesus to help me fight that, and I'm going to fight that aggressively. But what do we do when that oppression's outside? Maybe sometimes God calls us to be more like Gandhi, because you think about the people that really changed the world. And I'm not taking away from Churchill or anything like that. I'm talking about civil wise. Right? You have um, Gandhi. You have Martin Luther King Jr. You have all these people that they weren't about the war, but they brought about great change. And so there is fighting and just understanding who your identity is, not letting that outside world pressure you. Now you were talking about that clip, Robbie, and what did that clip really, you take from the clip of Gandhi? Oh, absolutely. He knew clearly who he was and he wasn't going to let the English people determine, you know, who he was and what his identity was. And he was a man of peace. Yeah. So out there, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you're being oppressed right now. You're being oppressed internally, and you may be being oppressed externally, you know, because we're in this world, and this world is not ours. So what do you do? You, you fight. You have to fight, or the only other option is you give in to it. And that's going to lead to that depression. It's going to lead to the life that you don't want. So fight and go to God and say, I'm going to fight for my heart with you aggressively and hold on to that. And I'm going to fight against that oppression externally by believing that you have it because you told me you have it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.